You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LAFC. This is week two of Study the Word 101 on the book of Ephesians. Today's intro teaching is on the concept of the blank page. The wrap-up teaching covers Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. Welcome back if you were here last week. If you are new this week, uh, welcome to our Ephesians class, Study the Word 101. Uh, My name is Casey Horning, this is Lindsay, and we are going to join you guys in a journey through Ephesians this semester. So the only announcement we have today is if you have not paid yet for the class, if you registered later or you didn't pay online, um, if you could just be sure to do that at some point, that would be awesome. You can, is there an envelope over there? Uh, There may not be. It may not be. You can just give it to one of us and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. I think that is our only announcement. Anything else that... Okay. Wow. Sometimes our list is long and we're short today. All right. Well, I'm going to start us off with prayer and we'll jump right in. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Uh, We thank you for your word and we thank you that we have the ability to to study your word. And we thank you for the, the help you give us through the spirit. And we do ask that you would be present here with us today, Lord, that you would move in our hearts uh, Lord, would you be <clears throat> just in our discussions, and uh, Lord, would you help us to see what you want us to see? Lord, open our eyes, reveal your truths to us this morning, and um, yeah, as we as we come before you, as we come into your word, Lord, would you just um, help us to, to learn more about you and fall in love more and more with you each time we come, we come before you? And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. All right. All right. So I think last week we kind of talked about what the structure will look like, but I can kind of give an overview again. Um, today will look more like the other, the rest of the weeks. Um, last week was a little different since it was more of an intro. Um, so each week we're going to spend some time in the beginning talking about a study tip that you can use when doing the um, inductive study, using the inductive study method, but whenever you are studying any book of the Bible. And so though we'll start off with that, and then we'll move into a discussion looking at, actually, the passage that you read this past week. So we will go through, look at um, observations, get into more interpretations and um, applications at your tables, and then we'll kind of end with a wrap-up, kind of summarizing the passage for the week. So that will be kind of the structure the next couple weeks. You'll notice some changes as we go along. Some of, like this week, we're doing the observations as a group, big group on the board, and then um, you'll do some of your interpretation questions together at a table. That'll kind of adjust a little bit as we go along, as we get more comfortable with the different um, elements in observation, we'll then let you guys do that more so at your tables, and then we'll just spend more of our time actually together as a group looking at the interpretation um, questions, and, and just looking at questions that you guys have as you're reading the passages each week. So that is kind of where we're headed. Um, So by the end of these 10 weeks, our goal um, is that you are going to be equipped with many tools to study the Bible on your own. Um, These study tips that we're going to be talking about and this method really, like I said, can be used in any book of the Bible. It doesn't have to be even just, it doesn't have to be used in a group. It can be used on your own. Um, Whether it's in the Old Testament or New Testament, um, we have done this class, actually. These have classes in both. Um, so you can use this method, you can use these tips in, in any, any place of the Bible. 
Um, and really, our hope, again, is that eventually you won't even need a workbook. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So our study tip is actually the blank page. And so we're, our goal here is that eventually we will just need a blank page, your Bible, uh, some tools in your back pocket, and the Holy Spirit to, to help you, to guide you along the way, and you'll be, you'll be good to go. So what do I mean by blank page? And that's what we're going to talk about um, for today. This, this is a little bit more of an intro, kind of piggybacking off of last week. Um, the next several weeks that we come back with the different study tips are actually parts of elements within observation, interpretation, and application. Um, this is a bit more of an intro, but it's going to give our, our heart behind why we're doing this and what the blank page really means. So um, in this class and in most studies, we do use a workbook, right? <laughs> so workbooks are great for guiding your study. Um, they allow for fruitful discussion in a group setting. Um, they offer direction when you are trying to discuss a passage, so everybody would have kind of looked the similar questions, and it adds a necessary structure when you're doing a study like this. And so we're using a, a workbook, so of course we don't have anything against it, right? But we do want to be careful that we don't become completely dependent on them to understand God's word, and that's where the blank page kind of comes in. So let me see... Yeah, so basically what I'm saying when I talk about blank page is you, your Bible, and a blank sheet of paper, <laughs> or a journal, or a notebook. It doesn't have to be just blank paper. That would make me a little nervous. <laughs> She'd love that. <laughs> um, so for, that, for this reason, we're trying to get to the point of the blank page. You'll notice in your workbook, as you flip through it, um, you will see, as we go on, there will be more and more space under the headings, there will be less guided questions, there will be less words to define, and eventually, it'll simply be no prompts. It'll just say observe. I mean, the, we still have some headings in there, um, but there won't be questions to answer. And so, <clears throat> like by, for example, by week six, there's not gonna be any more lists that we give you. You'll, hopefully, we can work at finding those on our own, or as a group. Uh, but again, we will teach you each of these things along the way. Um, by week seven, there's not going to be any more words to define, so that hopefully by then, we will have the tools to be able to kind of come up with our own words that we think would be helpful to look up. Um, by week, I'm trying to see which week we're at here. By week eight, there's not going to be any more cross-references or actually even questions under the interpretation section, and so it is by then that hopefully we will be learning how to just ask our own questions and then search through scripture to find some answers. And then by the very end, like I said, there will just be just the headings and there will be no prompts. Um, and this is when that blank page that we're talking about will make more sense. And, and our hope then is by the end of this class that you can then use all of this to then study a book of the Bible on your own um, outside of here. Or I mean, you can always do this alongside of, of a, a sister, or um, I actually did this with a family member when I first learned how to, um, which is a great way to kind of feel like I wasn't quite doing it by myself yet, um, but we were able to kind of work through that together. All right, so some of you may already know how to do this already, right? Um, but others may be kind of intimidated by the idea of, of a blank page. And I do want to encourage you, no matter where you are in this process, we talked about this last week, that it's okay. Um, we don't need to compare ourselves to the people around us. Um, God has us each on a journey, and but the ultimate goal is still going to be the same, right? Just to grow, grow closer to him through his word. 
Um, so if this process seems intimidating, you're not alone. When I first took this class, I when I flipped through the book and I saw there was less at the end, um, it definitely stressed me out. <laughs> My personality craves structure and understanding and feeling competent in what I'm doing. Um, so this idea of like total freedom at the end and <laughs> less guidance was pretty scary to me. Um, so if you're in the same boat, do know that we're not going to just send you off on your own right away. Uh, we will walk through this each week, step by step, to help grow um, your confidence in being able to, to study the word um, on your own. So, um, and on the flip side, though, maybe your personality loves this. Like, I don't want to just think, assume everyone's like me. I'm sure they're not. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, but everyone's personality is a little different. Some people love the open space. And if you already love that, feel free, and Lindsay mentioned this last week, to already do this. If you don't love having a structured workbook, you can still kind of work through some of the questions, but you can do this however you want. Um, if then the blank, page, the blank page that we're talking about here was definitely kind of more up your alley. Um, Feel free, again, to use a paper or use a notebook or use your journal. Um, we mentioned this last week that we are all different. I showed this before, but I'll show it again. So Lindsay, when she studies, looks a bit more like she uses her journal and takes notes on the other side. I don't mean to be holding up your stuff, but it feels a little weird. <laughs> um, so she takes notes, as you see, on, these on the side on her blank page. And then she's also underlining words and making notes throughout her um, scripture journal. So that's how she does it. Um, that's definitely her, more of her personality. My personality tends to lean more towards lines on a page and a little bit more um, that, like if I am all over the place for me, I get a little scattered. It just doesn't work in my brain. Nothing is wrong with how we're each doing it, just a little bit different. So for me, my blank page looks a bit more like this. When I study a book on my own, um, this actually is Ephesians. When we, when we do these classes, we study it by our, kind of on our own first. We meet and create the workbook and then now when we teach it, we kind of study it again. So we get a lot of time in, the, in this book. It's awesome. So I tend to use the same headings that are in your workbook. I don't have an actual workbook when we start this. But I actually have, well, you can see, like, I didn't actually write observation. But under that, I would say, like, repeated words. And I'd write my repeated words. Or I actually have, I write grammar. And I write things under that. And I would write questions that I have um, on this page. I don't know how I can't see this. But... I have interpretation, and under interpretation, I actually have, like, I write definitions, the word definitions, and I write words that I would like to define, um, and I have questions that I have that I'd like to answer, that kind of thing. So you can still use the structure of the inductive study without a workbook, per se. Um, eventually, that was obviously, like we're saying, the goal to get to, the, to that point. Um, so, like I said, we're all <clears throat> a, little bit, a little bit different. Uh, what works for me doesn't work for her, vice versa, but that's okay. Um, so find whatever does work for you, and it might take some trial and error sometimes. Um, I think I remember Erin saying she tried to use... Um, oh, look, you brought it back. Oh, I did. <laughs> so you said one time she tried to use the journal and, like, wrote all over it, and then she, like... What did you... I threw it away. She threw it away! Because <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't handle... so much. <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh. So she needed... The... <laughs> this is why we start here, is because yes. we're going to teach you something that's very feels very structured and systematic, but we, we don't... We want you to take this and make this your own. We want you... This to be primarily about you interacting with the Lord and using these tools to help you with it, not being so tied to the structure, if that makes sense. And so that's kind of why we do that. That's why it's totally fine that Aaron threw our beautiful <laughs> 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 um, 
but yeah, so we'll, we want to, so it's kind of like, first we need to set, before we can even teach you the tips, we need to like almost set our minds in the right space to like hear those pieces. And that's kind of why we, we start here is because oftentimes the first hurdle we have to get through in learning something is just our mindset and coming to it. And so that, that is our hope in, in starting here too. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and like I said, you may not know that right away. You might want to try different options, find whatever you feel is is working because if you find what's working, you're more apt to use it and do it. If we, if you're trying to do something that's not you, that's not your personality, just because you're trying to fit something else, I know when I've tried to do that in my life, I don't continue. To, I just kind of give up doing it. It ends in the trash can. It doesn't. It <laughs> I wouldn't recommend throwing them away. But it's okay. um, all right. So that by the end, like we said, this blank page then will be your your thoughts your observations, your questions, and hopefully hopefully some answers. And this will get easier the more, the more you practice. Um, the first time that I did this outside of the class, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I, and I actually had like an outline that was more like a printed thing. To, it was like my intermediate step until I got to using just a notebook. Um, but also know that you're not going about this alone, just to reiterate the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us to, to help guide us and to help us along the way. And you can always, obviously, talk to another um, sister in Christ to, to see how, how they're doing things, and it's always good to, to discuss that together. Um, so why, why the blank page? Why is this important? Um, well, if our idea of studying the Bible is always guided by a workbook or a commentary, uh, we tend to rely on someone else's study and someone else's point of view. Um, Lindsay mentioned this last week, um, but when we discover something on our own or come to a conclusion on our own, um, we are going to be more apt to, when I say on our own, I mean through the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, we are more apt to remember it and apply it. So if we take someone else's words, it, it doesn't always stick quite the same. Um, and then also studying first on our own before we go to those things really does help us um, to learn more. It just helps. It, yeah, your learning process will look a little different if you can do that on your own first. So one of the other things we want to mention here is we are going to encourage you, and I think we, I can't remember if you mentioned this last week or not, though, but to, to not go to commentaries or Google or, it's really easy, I know, sermons or other studies right away when you don't understand something. These are not bad things. Uh, really, these are gifts that we should use, um, but we want to only use them after we take the time to study on our own. Um, so I know it's so easy to quickly Google your question that you have, and I am definitely guilty of that as well, but I, we're just going to encourage you together if we can kind of commit to trying to to, to learn these things on our own first, um, it is going to it's going to help our study. And doing it on your own really is sometimes hard. <laughs> it's not always easy. Um, again, sitting in the unknown is very isn't is is uneasy. It's not. It doesn't feel good all the time. Um, yet the reward, I think we mentioned this last week, is is worth it. When you t spend time stewing over something, it kind of keeps us in a posture of, of dependence on the Lord, and it helps us to be thinking on it. And um, it's okay to not know right away. And then when you do it, and sometimes you do get that light bulb moment where something just seems much clearer um, through, the, through the help of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, it, is, it really is so much, so much sweeter. Um, so in summary, we, again, we've said this many times, but our goal here is to equip you to embrace this blank page, right? Uh, because when you do, you really can study 
any passage in scripture or any, any book of the Bible. Um, community Bible studies are wonderful, and of course we're doing it here. We love this, we're not, we want to do this, um, but we also want you guys to feel confident in being able to do this on your own, um, because that is, that is, we're not always going, I mean, we see that even, we have 10 weeks here, and then we have a big gap. And so sometimes we just wait for the next Bible study to start. But we can do this on our own. We can, and we will encourage you at the end of this to, to find something to study in between. Um, so again, hopefully by the end of these 10 weeks, we will feel ready and confident to do so. So that is the blank page. So what we're going to do now is turn things over. Um, Lindsay's going to really just, we're going to dive in to our, to our Ephesians passage for the week. Um, she's going to start off doing, she'll probably enter this, but giving some observations. You guys will do that together. And then you will have time at your tables to discuss some of the questions that you work through and maybe just some questions that you had after this past week. All right. All right. So like Katie said, we are going to start off um, putting our observations um, up here on the board. So you saw um, in your homework, we had three different sections of homework. And then each section, you had observation, interpretation, and application. So we are going to start out with looking at just that observation portion. And then when we're finished this time, we'll give you time to talk about the other stuff. This will be a little bit difficult, right? Because we want to brush past this to the exciting things that we're learning when we're reading. But I'm going to make us just sit in some of these, like, duh things a little bit. Um, these, like, obvious answers to questions so that we are learning how to observe well. And so that it will then aid you as you are working through your study. Again, we told you this before. Your interpretations will be better if you sit a little longer in some of these things that might, at first glance, feel very obvious to you. But... Um, uh, you might be missing some things if you move past it too fast. So that's where we're gonna we're gonna be for this morning, um, and eventually we won't spend as much time on this. Like we're not gonna spend the whole semester doing a lot of this. We'll spend today and probably next week doing this, and then we um, will eventually let you go on your own for for those pieces. Let me. I'm gonna try very hard to use the clicker and get to my next slides. So I told Casey, run up and, and uh, take over if I can't do it. So we'll see. All right, so observation, what does it say? This is where we're looking for those repeated words, those grammatical elements, um, those lists, those questions. I'm a horrible at grammar, so if you don't feel comfortable with some of these things, that's okay. This is not an English class, I promise. Um, so we're all just going to do the best that we can. Some of us are going to notice those grammar things more than others, and they're going to be super exciting. And I'm still not really getting much grammar stuff when I study scripture after many, many years, just to be honest with you. So I love talking to somebody else that is more bent that way because it gives me more insight. So, um, so don't feel like you have to be an expert expert even at each one of these areas. Does that make sense? So we're going to start off um, and we're going to look, you can give me any repeated words, grammatical elements. We're going to hold off on the lists and the questions for now and we'll move into those next. But let's look at what repeated words and grammatical elements did you get for this first section. And this is interactive class. So the more you can just shout those answers out, all of these question, answers are like obvious things. Don't, don't feel bad about it. It's not, yeah. Try to give me as much feedback as you can. It'll help our class. So, um, yeah, just anything you guys found in this Bless. first section. Bless. Thank you. 
blessed. So that was a repeated word found very often, right? What else? Will. Will? Yes. I love that you guys figured out the same one to say to me. Awesome. Any others? Giver. Giver. That's good. I didn't get that one. I like that. Grace? I like that you put those together. That is great. You can group words like that. Like blessed, I think blessing is in there too. There's kind of different variations of that. It can be helpful to categorize those together. Predestined. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Any others? Abundant. Abundant. In him. The names of the persons of the Trinity. Yep. God, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. Father. Right. That's great. Any other things? Any other, any grammatical elements? We got any, I'm sure in a group this size we have somebody that loves grammar. Well, past tense with bless. Mm -hmm. And then action with blessing. And predestined as ED. There's a lot of past tense. A lot of, pla okay. I realize I am not good at grammar, so I'm gonna have to wait and listen to what you're saying and then figure out how to summarize that, okay. That's great. My son is learning to diagram sentences. I've never done this before in my life. And it is so stretching. And I'm like, I'm going to learn so much. This is good for me. Lots of past tense. OK, so lots of things that we're looking back on that the, that the Lord has said. But there's done. also present tense. There's right? also because present tense. Say, um, in him we have redemption. Like it's an ongoing yes. thing. And we have insight. Um, he's making things known. Okay. He tells us how with words like through, through his life, according to his purpose. You'll see a little bit of our personalities by how we write on the board as well here. <laughs> hey, you're doing pretty good. That's pretty, like... I try not to be as scattered as I actually am. No, is it in line? Hopefully you guys can see some of this too. Okay. I was thinking of um, like time and mm. it has, um, no, I've lost it before the foundation of, yeah, here it is, before the foundation of the world. So this is a time word. This is something we don't have on here as an observation element, but noticing time words is super helpful in observation because it's, it's cueing you into something. Um, so that's great. Guys, are awesome. 
All right, let's move over to seven to 10. So I know a lot of these words are gonna keep carrying through, so let's add new words that we see beyond the ones we've already had. Because this is a very small section that's part of the larger section, so you can continue to notice, like blessed is gonna continue, I think, in this section, um, and some of those other words in him. Praise. Praise. Redemption, yeah, forgiveness. I like those two together, too. Plan or purpose? Yes. Mm -hmm. Going back to the time thing, mm -hmm. it says the full of, in the fullness yeah. of time. That's great. And so we split this out for you, but then we have you go back at the end with that big picture. So it is good to keep noticing the ties as you're, as you're going through this and um, the pieces that go together. The riches of his grace. Mm. Along with riches lavished, yeah. and just that Anyone want to answer her question? Because I don't know. <laughs> progressive. 
Present, present. Wow. Okay. Not a language. So it's yeah. present happening now and also progressing into the future. Is that correct? Yes. Like what's going on right now? Yeah. She said she's a language teacher, Lindsay. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but it does translate. I have another friend that's a French teacher, and she gets this so much better too. Progress. I also can't spell, so I apologize. I know there may be more things we missed here, but I would do want to keep us going so we have time. You guys are awesome. The praise of his glory. Praise of his glory. Inheritance? Inheritance. You get the uh, like that phrase. We're sealed, have inheritance until the fullness. Yeah, I love that. Do you see how too you can kind of almost recategorize some of your things by time here too? Looking at what are the things that have hap did happen, mm -hmm. are happening, happen. and will happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Here and we gave you. We gave you this um, this list throughout your entire section of homework, right? And we had you kind of keep filling it in as you went, um, as we saw these things. I didn't quite read the exact headings, but hopefully you can see the correlation between what you have there, what the Father has done, the Son, um, what we as believers have in the Spirit. So. Um, Yeah. Maybe we have a developer as well. 
if that were to be followed here. Shows us the mystery of the Father. these headings there's many ways often that you could create a list a list will just be a way to recategorize we'll keep explaining that later um, but yes you guys did an awesome job with those observations you just want to sit again and again in these things that seem obvious right um, and just kind of look at them uh, more deeply great job so then um, I'm not going to take time for this um, but a big piece that we do here with this observation is ask questions. So, for instance, um, we might not all understand what predestined means. Or we might have a vague idea of what predestined mean, means, but we probably haven't looked it up in a while. I don't know about you. It's not a word I'm often you know, looking up or even often using, right? So it might be helpful um, to say, what does predestined mean? Even if I have a vague understanding of this, right? Or um, and ask a question like, what is the progression of time here? So questions are something we want to keep doing in this observation section as well. So we have a little category there for you guys to write all of your questions. And that's what we're going to primarily then use for our interpretation. So in future weeks, we will spend more time on these questions. They'll be a key piece of what we're asking for from you. What are your questions? What are the things you're asking of the text that you want to know? And it can be a question you may already have an understanding of, or think you have an understanding of. Does that make sense? So um, 
I may already think I know um, what redemption means, but I may think, ah, I don't feel like I could fully convey this to a small child. I'm going to ask this question. So ask questions as you're moving through the text, even if you feel like you might have the answers, or if you're like, I have absolutely no idea what this means. I really have this question and don't have the, the slightest clue. Put that down in that question section. All right, so... We're going to move now because we want to give you some time. We know you spent time on this homework. We want to give you some time to talk through it at your tables. So we want you to spend the next um, till, what's my time here? Till about 10.05. We want you to spend some time at your tables talking through your interpretation questions. They can be from any of your sections. Um, hold off on your application and just stick with the interpretation for now. So move through those sections um, and talk through that. All right, um, so this next um, time, we are, I just want to hear back from your table discussions. What were the highlights from what you discussed? Um, what, um, yeah, if you had questions that you answered, tell us those questions. Um, if you, yeah, just whatever you spent your time on. Like as we said, in the future, this is more what our class will um, look like. So we would just love to hear your thoughts. Yes. I have a question. Yes. We talk questions. Okay. But when I decided to take this, this is why. Yes. <laughs> the part that says um, spiritual, we have spiritual blessing in heaven. What does that mean? You know what? I'm going to get there when I get to the wrap up. So I'm okay. going to make you wait for that answer. <laughs> in future classes, I will write your question on the board and then I will let the class help answer it and we will talk through that. And it is so fun. So it is painful for us when we can't do that yet in the beginning. So hold with us because it's really fun to hear. And, and yeah, we just get richer conversation about it and greater understanding when we discuss it together. So I love that question. But you didn't talk about what predestined means? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. No, I'm not going to do that. We aren't, we aren't going to talk about that at this point. We'll talk a little bit about God's will. I would be happy to have a conversation with you about that if you have a question on that. But it will derail our whole conversation. And I think that, that it is a very important piece here, but I actually don't think it's primarily what Paul wants to say here to us. Um, and so I think um, that he wants us to be looking at the, the Father's will that is setting all things in motion and his sovereignty and hold fast to that. And so the tension that I feel in how does that fit together with the fact that I get choices? Um, so that, that is a struggle and that tension is there and it is a good conversation to have. But I unfortunately we can't talk about it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but this, these are good things. Did you talk at your table about it at all? Do you have, okay, what, tell, tell me what you got then from that. I'm not going to give you an answer, but you can tell me your thoughts. I knew what it meant. But okay. We were comparing it. Somebody said no. My definition was more foreknowledge. Okay. Knew. That God knew beforehand versus chose us specifically. They, they go hand in hand. Um, and depending on which side you take on this argument, you might lean one way or the other in that definition. So We did talk about how the evangelical free church talks major on the major, yeah. minor on the minors, yes. and that did help me. Yes, yes. Because this is a minor. Yes. It doesn't really matter. It's, it is, what, what matters, though? What would you say does matter from this point? Not that I could 
accepted. Yes, that you that and that God that God, God shows us and He is sovereign, yeah. right? So there is some mystery there, and there is room for different pieces of interpretation. But another, like, kind of along with that, to major on the minors, what is the plain thing that I can't understand here from this? And that can help with some of those questions. That's a part of this, is that sometimes we're going to study and we are not going to even end up answering our question completely and we leave it hanging and maybe when we're in another book we get a little more understanding to it or maybe it takes us a lifetime I don't know so um, yeah so I, I think it's a good conversation to have and to, to get your wheels like turning about but when you feel yourself stuck pull back and say what is the what is the main plain thing that I can take from this from this section here good thoughts yes Fantastic people. <laughs> I love that you do this. I love to do this to people as well. <laughs> she does want to share this with us. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know about how it says how we are chosen? Yes. Okay. Um, there's some adoption at our table, like human being adoption. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Lord has adopted us as human beings as well, um, too. And, <laughs> but you, earthly adoption, yes. When you adopt a child, the judge will tell you mm -hmm. that you can't change your mind and send them back. So when you, when you adopt that child, they are yours. Okay. But if you have a biological child, we can kick them out. But you can't kick out an adopted. But I was thinking about this and the fact, well, this predestination thing. Okay. God chose us, and he, is, he can't kick us out. He's, he's chosen us. But an adopted child can leave you. They can walk out. And we can do that, too, with God. But and they're then still that your child, right? Pardon me? Both are still your child, though. Yeah. You're still your child yeah. legally, but if the adopted decides to leave you, that's his choice. Kind of like God has adopted us, but in our sinful state, we could make a decision to leave him. We are still his child, but we have made the decision to leave him. Yeah, there's some tension there. <laughs> there is some tension there between the, the fact that the Lord has chosen us, and I would say the, the piece that you're, you're holding on to there is that the Lord is not going to abandon his children that he has chosen. And I would say that is a plain thing, right? That is something we can stake our claim on. And then how our will fits in there as fallen people, um, that can feel hard um, to understand how, how all of that fits together. But... I trust that God is good and that he is sovereign. And so, um, yeah, keep wrestling through with those because I think it's hard. There is no maybe perfect analogy or perfect way even for our finite minds to understand it. I'm just not sure that there is. So, um, yeah, keep wrestling through with those thoughts and how they, they fit through. Um, but I love that idea that the Lord, um, yeah, that the Lord even, will not even leave us. Even tell you that they don't like you, Okay, let's go back to being a grandma in real life. My adopted and biological have told me already that they didn't like me because of different situations. But that doesn't mean that I love you any less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your your communion. So we'll talk about union and communion. Your your communion or your relationship with them may be strained as they pull away, but it doesn't mean they cease to be your your child. And so um, our relationship with the Lord, when we are not walking in alignment with Him, will feel. Um, loss, right? And we won't be as close with him. We're not going to experience like the good things that he has to offer us, but um, we still are his children. I might be giving away my cards and my thoughts on here as well, but, um, but yeah, I have to stop our conversation there with that though. Does anyone have any last thought or two other than predestination? Yes. Um, we talked a little about um, the word riches and tying that in with redeemed, like riches being use normally with wealth or resources yes. or security and in the text it said riches of grace um, so it's like never going to run out mm. and especially when you think of why we need to be redeemed is we need a price needs to be paid to redeem us so that price is never going to be too high for God to yeah. fulfill because his riches are yeah. yeah it's an ongoing lavishing I don't know if that word fits into that ongoing grammar but it's an ongoing like lavishing of his riches that he yeah will never run dry I love that that's great any other last thought they're just so good I just want to keep asking for them <laughs> all right well we are going to have I'm excited this is when every class is a little different right depending on the people because we're all unique people I'm excited to hear how the discussions will continue to develop as we go through here all right so we are going to move back into table discussion now and now I want you to look at application so how should this change me so you can look at any of your application um, questions from your homework so they would land at the end of each of your section but also, look at that um, big picture wrap-up that you had, um, and I would actually encourage you to spend um, your time there, uh, because hopefully that is where you kind of summarized your takeaways from the week. So look at that big picture wrap-up and what your main um, takeaways from this week were um, at your tables. Does that make sense? And we'll chat about that a little. No, no, no. All right, I gotta, I'm going to pull us back together again. So, would anyone like to share some of your timeless truths that you got or the big takeaways that you had from this week? Maybe don't volunteer your neighbor for this part. It's a little more personal. No, just unchanging mm. and all those characteristics that we see in this yes. passage are not going to change at all. Yes. Mm. Amen. Not now, not in the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And um and and so about things. And yes. 
his, um, his lavish, like, lot of grace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what a good, like, promise to hold on to, too, when, when f- things feel out of control, right? <laughs> That's something I feel like I run into almost daily, <laughs> where it feels like I don't know what's going on, to trust and to know that his, his, he is sovereign, he is over this thing, and he lavishly loves me. Yeah. And I can rest in that. That's good. So we hope, um, I kind of gave you a little bit of a piece there um, to that. We want to keep taking, um, we'll get more to this to application, but we want to keep taking those truths that we see, those timeless truths, down very personally. Um, and this sometimes takes a lot of thought. This is hard for me, personally, um, to make sure that I am getting this all the way down to my daily life, that I am repeating this truth to myself where I need to hear it um, as I'm living my life. So I would encourage you, and it's fine if we're not all comfortable sharing that in a large group setting, but I want to encourage you to be doing that, to spend the time sitting with the Lord and asking him, Lord, where, where do I need these truths? Ask the Spirit to help reveal that to you. Where do I need these truths in my life? Where am I acknowledging this to be true, but not actually living my life out of this truth. So keep praying that prayer and asking the Spirit to reveal those things to you. So we are um, going to keep moving on here. And so we are going to end um, each week with a wrap-up. And we're going to start that time by giving you a little tagline. So if you go to your table of contents in the very front of your book, you can record these taglines by each week. Um, and what this will do is it will give you an outline for the book so that when you are looking back over it, you, your mind can more easily be triggered to our discussion. And I'm going to give you a tagline from the front. This is just something we came up with. Um, and so you can find your own tagline if you like one better. Or if you are a word person, you might find a lot of joy in doing this, of like bringing it down to like a few Um, words or a sentence um, to to jog your memory. So we didn't um, get, well, actually, this is a little funny outside. So we have spiritual blessings in Christ. You will notice that that is the heading in your scripture journal. (laughs) So Casey and I were talking about this, and I had a bunch of random words written on a page, and she's like, I feel like spiritual blessings in Christ, and I'm driving. I'm like, okay, that's good. And um, I did not, I wasn't using the journal when I said that. So yeah, I, she doesn't use it. NIV doesn't actually, it's not the exact same. Anyway, I said, Casey, she says we wrote the same thing that's wow. in the scripture journal. <laughs> it's fine. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's a great heading. So, um, so yeah, that's what we're going to write for this one is spiritual blessings in Christ. Um, like I said, feel free to write your own, but this will give you a little outline as we go through. And then also to remind you, there is a notes page at the end of each week that if you want to take any notes well um, at all throughout class, especially during this time, might be a good place to do that if you want to. I don't know what page that is. 23. All right, and so then we're going to move into a more full wrap-up. And our point here is I'm going to give you some kind of concluding thoughts for this passage. And we want you to be able to have something to kind of take away as we leave these discussions hanging and you already know, um, spoiler alert, I'm not going to answer all your questions because I don't have enough time to do that. But this will hopefully give you some concluding thoughts that as you're moving into the next section, you feel like you have a little bit of a handle on this one to move into the next. So um, that's what we will do in our wrap-ups each each week. These may get shorter. This this, um, one is going to be a little bit longer as we go, too. So um, first thing I want you to notice about this section 
is that this is actually um, part of a longer prayer that's going to continue through the end of the first chapter. In this upcoming week's homework, you're going to look at more of this prayer. So keep that in mind. And I want you to notice where does Paul start? Well, he starts with praise, right? We noticed that phrase that was repeated again and again to the praise of his glory, right? So when we praise the Lord in our prayers, what we're doing is we're speaking back to God what we know to be true of him. We are giving him in glory by sharing the things that he has done for us um, and telling of them to him. And that glorifies him. So that's what Paul's doing as he starts um, or as he prays this prayer um, in this first portion. So we're going to look at three themes in this portion um, of the prayer that I've come up with. There are more, um, but these are the three themes we're going to look at. So the first is spiritual blessings. The second is the Trinity. And then the third is our union with Christ. So what are spiritual blessings, right? We had this question Susie asked us, so we're going to try to unpack this a little bit. So we see the word blessed over and over again in this prayer, and we had you look this up in your homework, but I hope that if you were here with us in the spring for our Matthew study, this word blessed might have triggered your mind back to uh, the Beatitudes um, in Matthew 5, right, where we talked about blessed. And we gave you um, a definition for blessed in that Matthew study. And this is the definition we gave you. We said it is the desirable position of the believer for having received God's gracious extension of himself and all his benefits. It's a little bit of a mouthful. So I would encourage you to sit with this and think about this. But, but what it's saying is that we are seated with Christ and God has set his favor on us and he has given us himself. And along with himself, we get all of the benefits that go with being in alignment with God, right? Because God is good, he is merciful, he is just, he is sovereign. And so when we find ourselves in line with him, we receive all of the benefits of, of that. And so these, um, are our spiritual blessings. So spiritual, what does that mean? It means um, that something is not material. It's consisting of the spirit. It's immaterial. So these are, blessings are not physical things. They're not earthly blessings like the sunrise, right? The sunrise is a common grace that everybody on earth gets to see whether or not they believe in Jesus, right? Um, the ability to um, heal um, with earthly means, right, through plants and herbs or even chemicals, right, that is a um, material blessing that all people receive. But as believers, we receive spiritual blessings as well. And so we receive um, things like a new identity in Christ. We receive um, the Lord's grace and his mercy. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, our list could go on and on of all of the things that we receive um, in Christ. And it says that Christ has um, given us these blessings in the heavenly places. And you're going to see later as we go on through the rest of the chapter that Christ is seated 
in the heavenly places. Okay, so what are these heavenly places? This is an important thing for us to define as well because this is going to be a theme throughout Ephesians, that we're going to talk about this heavenly realm or these this heavenly places. And so I'm going to give you this definition for the heavenly realms. The heavenly realms are the spiritual dimension where God and all spiritual powers are dwelling. So this means that it is different from heaven where just God is, it encompasses more than that. It's the heavenly realms. So it is this spiritual dimension where both Satan and the, and the powers of evil are and God. So when you hear this referred to um, throughout the book of Ephesians, have that in mind. All right. So we said that we receive um, God, right? But that we get these spiritual blessings because we are receiving um, a relationship with God. Well, then the next question we should ask is, who is this God that we are receiving? And our text tells us that he is the triune God. He is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Um, he is one God with three distinct persons, and we call this the Trinity. The Trinity is a theological term that is actually nowhere in your Bible. But the concept of the Trinity is all over Scripture. And so it's a word that has been used to define this concept that's all throughout Scripture. And it, like predestination, can be mind-boggling. We're going to talk about so many mind-boggling things because it is an infinite God, and we are trying with our finite minds to understand him. So I just encourage you not to try not to wrap it up too tightly that you get it wrong because you're trying to put it in a box, right? We can't put God in our perfect box. So, um, so, so the Trinity can be a hard concept to understand. But if someone were to ask you, okay, the Trinity's not in the Bible. How do you know this is actually true? Um, how do I understand the Trinity? I would encourage you to go to this passage. This passage is very unique because it gives us, um, in one section, both this oneness of God and his will um, in the plan of redemption, and also gives us the distinct persons of the Trinity and their distinct roles in that process. So we're going to look at each um, part of them. And I'm going to give you this uh, triangle to look at. So you may have heard about the Trinity being compared to an egg or cake or I don't know what. There's a lot of examples, right? <laughs> they all fall short. Surprising, right? We already talked about this. We're trying to put this in a nice little box. It doesn't work. So this is the best picture I have for you um, to um, understand what the Trinity is, and I find it to be very helpful. Um, I'm sure it has its limitations as well. So you can see on this diagram that each the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are God. They are equally God. However, they are distinct from one another. The Father is not the Son, and the Son uh, is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father, right? They are each distinct from one another. So we're going to go into talking about these A words that I have around here, too, next. So, so who do we see that the Father is? You can see I've labeled the Father as the author. Again, this is not all-encompassing of who the Father is, okay? But he is the one who initiates the work. It is the Father's will that sets all things in motion, and it's his will that we're going to see Jesus submit to. 
He is the one who chooses us to be his sons and daughters. Who is the son? Well, the son is the accomplisher. And so Jesus, in perfect alignment with God's will, it's not like Jesus had this other plan he wanted to go with, but he was like, okay, i got to submit to God's will. No, he is in perfect alignment with God's will because he is fully God. He is the one who accomplishes the work. And he does this through his blood on the cross, right? He mediates between us as a sinful people and a holy God. It is his blood, it is only through Christ that we can receive forgiveness of sins and grace. And that we can be brought into relationship with God. It is Jesus who unites the heavens and the earth. He is the accomplisher. And then the spirit is the applier. It is through the work of the spirit that we can actually believe in Jesus and his work, right? The spirit is the one who opens our eyes to see and know and believe in Christ. And it also tells us in our text, the spirit is a down payment for us. So the spirit is fully God given to the believer to dwell in him. And he is a down payment for the promise that we will dwell with God for eternity, right? We will be in his presence even more fully than what we are now. Joel told us on Sunday that all three of the persons of the Trinity were at creation. And before the world was formed, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit were in perfect unity. And he told us that all three of them played a role in the work of creation. And so, too, here we see all three of them playing a role in the work of redemption as well. And and the text tells us that before, I loved this, before the, the foundations of the earth were laid, that the Father had this plan, right? So this was never plan B, right? It wasn't like Adam and Eve sinned. He was like, oopsie, we got to get another plan here. No, it was always the plan that he had set um, for um, redemption, for our relationship with him. And so um, he has chosen us, not because we are lovely, but because Christ is lovely and we find ourselves in him, right? This is another big theme in this section of text, that we are in Christ. What does that mean? Spoiler alert, here we come to another thing that's very mysterious and we continue to unpack as believers. Casey and I were just sitting and chatting like, We're not sure we fully understand this. And I said to her, I said, you know what? I don't either, but I feel like I understand it a little better than the last time I taught Ephesians. And so um, I trust that the Lord's going to continue to reveal that. Um, And some of you that may have grayer hair than me, maybe you understand this even better, right? As you have walked with the Lord and you have found yourself in Christ. And so um, this idea of in him can be um, defined by another theological word called our union with Christ. And this is the word I gave you for the theme here. Um, And I really love how John Piper defines it here. He says, union with Christ is the reality of all the ways that the Bible pictures our human connectedness to Christ, in which he is indispensable for every good that we enjoy. There is no saving good, no eternal good, no God-exalting good, no soul-satisfying good that comes to us except as we are connected to Christ. All that we receive as believers is through Christ. 
And I love this last part. We do not just believe in Jesus, but rather he is the place where we have our home in. Right? He is the place that we abide in, right? to use John's language, that we rest in, that we keep coming back to. Galatians 2.20 says it this way, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so we see that every spiritual blessing that we have received through the work of the Trinity, we only have through Christ, only through the person and work of Christ, only through what he has accomplished. And so throughout the rest of the book of Ephesians, what you're going to see is that Paul's going to work this idea out. And he is going to show us what our lives will look like if we build it upon this truth, if we build it upon um, making Jesus our home and our everything. Um, it has in, the gospel has implications for every area of our lives, um, for everything that we do. And all that we need for life is found in Christ. So keep looking through these themes as you um, move through the book of Ephesians. But where I want to settle us this morning is thinking back through why does Paul um, start here? Why does he start with reminding them of who God is and what he has done? So when I was a little girl, I learned to pray according to this Acts model. Anybody else use this before? Yeah? Very common. So Acts stands for adoration confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And it's a way of praying where you pray through in that order. So adoration, you um, praise the Lord for who he is and what he has done. And then you confess, Lord, this um, is where I am not measuring up to you. In light of who you are, this is where I have sinned. This is where I'm missing the mark. And then you thank the Lord that you have Christ, right? That through the work of Christ, um, you are not um, condemned because of your sin, because of the places you've fallen short. And then you end with asking the Lord for things. Well, we've talked at length about our differences in personalities, but I don't like the structure. And so I did not like praying this way. And so I learned this, but I did not want to use it because it didn't feel like I was just coming to the Lord and talking with him. It felt like, okay, I got to remember which step comes first and the next, and what if I want to ask for something in the beginning? Um, and it felt hard to me. <laughs> but I was listening to a speaker that I really love and appreciate, and she was encouraging um, people, the the women she was writing to, to pray in this way. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to, I'm still going to pray spontaneous prayers at other points in my day, but I'm going to start um, in the morning when I'm reading scripture to write out a prayer and as much as I can um, stick to this order of praying. And what I found, which was really sweet, was when I started out with praising the Lord for who he was, by the time I got to my supplication, so rich, right? Because I was praying for those spiritual blessings that I needed, not just the um, surfacey requests that I had. I was still praying for those surfacey requests, but on a deeper layer of understanding. Does that make sense? So I wasn't just um, praying, Lord, um, I don't, I don't have enough. I, I need more time. Please give me more time for my day. No, I was praying, Lord, help me trust that you're enough. That if I can't live up to this standard, that um, that's okay, right? Help me to trust that you are going to give me what I need, and whatever that is will be enough, because you have the rest of it. 
So my prayers started to become um, so much richer as I did that. And so what I want to encourage you to do this week is I want you to watch in your, um, in your scripture as you are looking at the last part of Ephesians. I want you um, to think, think about it and look at how Paul's requests for the Ephesians church come out of his praise of who God is and what he's done. Look at what things he's praying for and how they connect back to the praise that he has given to the Lord. And then the second thing I want you to do is I want you to take some time at um, the start of your prayers. Like I said, this doesn't have to be every time you come before the Lord. I certainly pray lots of prayers of the Lord. I just need you right now. Um, but um, take some time this week to praise God for who he is, to remind yourself of um, what he has done. And I think you will find that those praises are going to rightly orient your requests of him. And so praise him for who he is, praise him for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for where we are headed. So I'm going to end our time in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we, um, we stand in awe of who you are, of the fact that you have chosen us before the foundations of the earth, that you have chosen us to be your sons and daughters, that you have given us yourself as Father. Lord, that you are in perfect control, and yet you perfectly love us. Lord, the fact that you did not even spare your own son, but sent him to die on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for the work of Christ on the cross, who paid the penalty for our sins, that it is only through Christ um, that we can have access to you, Lord. Um, we thank you that he is not only our salvation, but he is our daily bread. He is everything. He is the place that we find our home in, that we are fully covered in Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the spirit that you have given us, the spirit as a down payment, the spirit living in us to think that God would dwell in a sinful person. Lord, um, how miraculous is that? Or that the Spirit is at work making us new and making us like you. Lord, we thank you for the work of the Spirit. And Lord, um, we just come before you and we ask that you would open our eyes to truly understand these truths, Lord, to not just know them with our minds, um, but to have a greater understanding, to um, fall more in love with you, Lord. And Father, would we build our lives upon these truths, Lord, when we are experiencing trouble and hardship, would we be reminded of these truths? Would we be reminded of our identity? Would we be reminded of the power that we have by your spirit? And so, Lord, I ask that as these women leave here um, today and as they continue to study your word, as they continue to minister in their lives wherever you have them, Lord, um, would they be reminded of who you are? And when we do all of these things to the praise of your glory, in Christ Jesus' name, amen.